All right, episode two of Offending Everybody. Um, that is the uh, working title of this podcast. Uh, my goal here is to be very reasonable and to um, just not be awful. But in the process of doing that, I find that I frequently offend everyone. Um, today we have Bradley on. Um, he is my resident Trump supporter. Uh, we've had some good back and forth on Facebook, and uh, he's coming over to my house, and we've talked about universal basic income as well as other issues. Um, I would like to welcome on to the podcast, Bradley. Thanks, Zach. All right. I got to get out of my radio voice. This is weird. I don't like it. <laughs> um uh, okay, so let's let's just get into this thing. Um, what we want to talk about today is Trump versus Biden, one of the easiest things to talk about in today's society. Um, I thought we'd start off on things we probably agree with. So right now, I want to ask you, do you think Trump is a bad person? Yeah, I mean, the easy, quick answer is, is obviously yes. Uh, I do take a little bit of exception, especially in in the poli in the context of like politics, uh, trying to make blanket uh, blanket uh, character characterizations about people. Uh, I get that. So, so I mean, obviously, the easy answer is yes. Uh, I mean, it's easy to condemn his behavior with women, wives, porn stars, etc. Uh, I mean, his insatiable obsession with the spotlight that leads him to. Uh, just blurt out whatever's on his mind, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, not that, that leads to also, you know, kind of abrasive, vulgar attacks on people that are simply just on the other side of a, of a disagreement with him. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure we can pile on there. Right. I mean, there's, yeah. there's, well, there's plenty, of, plenty of character flaw. And here's what I want to talk about is that most Trump supporters, I, I when I talk to somebody who isn't a Trump supporter, I don't think that they understand that Trump supporters do think that Trump is a bad guy. And I wanted, uh, I thought that this might surprise some people who don't talk to Trump people very much. Um, I, I think it's important to understand that most people do are are aware that he is not somebody you want your kids to be like. He's not somebody you would invite over to your house. He's um uh most people who support Trump are not doing it because he's a jerk. I know certainly. Uh you know my only my only caveat there is that if you do listen to people that work closely with him and it is in his administration and others, uh I mean he does seem to have a humbler, gentler, more caring side. And I know those words sound crazy talking about Trump. Uh, but if you do, listen to, if you do listen to people, he does have that other side, apparently. Now, well, and all there's, I can there's, judge him on is what There's other see. people, too, um, who say the exact opposite. You, you, you speak to the cabinet members who no longer have their job there, and uh, that, that's not necessarily what they say. Uh, there are some people who... Um, there are some people who still have a job there who say that, and there are some people who have lost their jobs who say that um, who don't say the same thing. Sure, and others uh, and others that have stepped down or stepped away that will fall on both sides as well. Absolutely, um, and so I just thought that was something to point up. Um, my next question um, I wanted to point to both of us is: Is Biden slower mentally? 
So slower mentally than he used to be, slower mentally than exactly. Trump. I mean, my answer is similar, but yeah. But what what what's the context here? Slower slower than he think, used to be. I think both are. I think both are true. Um, you know, I think that um, I. And it, um, let me frame this. I'm sorry, I didn't even do a good job of framing this in the first place. Um, I will be voting for Biden, and uh, Bradley will be voting for Trump. And so I, you know, I thought we could have a conversation around this. Anyway, I'm voting for Biden, and I would say yes, he is 100% slower than he used to be. He is slower than Trump. He is. There is a mental degra degradation that has gone on with him. I still think he is able to reason. I mean, you saw, you see him in the debates and he's able to hold his own. He's not, he's not, uh, he's not a hundred percent there. I think we all know that. Um, oh, he, and, and you know, he, he has held up much better, you know, than I thought he would just based on, uh, you know, the montages that you hear, uh, you know, the clips, the audio clips or just the snippets, but anyone can pick and pull that. Uh, I mean, I guess there are advantages to, you know, just staying in the basement the whole time. <laughs> and, and, and I've heard Ritalin is really great for all of our presidential. <laughs> you know, that, that is it. When, when Trump, when Trump was insisting about uh, taking a drug test before that first debate, I mean, part of me was just dying of laughter because obviously, you know, that's never going to fly. Yeah. But it, does, it does sort of make you wonder. Well, I mean, I think it's pretty common in colleges nowadays is to take Ritalin and try to help out with uh, tests. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if both presidents were taking it to um, just be on their extra edge. I, you know, it, that it's just where we are today as a society. It is, and and it's it's kind of the uh, the underbelly of the beast that will probably never get exposed, you know, to anyone. We can just sit here and speculate. <laughs> And, but, you know, like we watch baseball and uh, I don't know about you, but the late 90s was the best period of baseball ever. Um, we got to watch home run after home run after home run. I, you know, I wasn't too sad yeah. about it. No, I wasn't sad about it either. There is a part of me now in retrospect that, that does feel <laughs> cheated a little bit. But, man, it was it was great while we were in it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um, and so my next question is is for both of us is – are these the reasons to not vote for somebody? Should you not vote for Trump because he's a bad guy? Should you not vote for Biden because he is slow? What is your answer on both of those questions? You can take them one at a time or however you want to. Yeah, I mean, I think the the answer is obviously no, those aren't reasons to write off the candidates entirely. Uh, you know, as, as far as Trump goes specifically, uh, I, I think... There's a certain personality type that is nearly required to achieve the level of political clout, uh, business clout that just lends itself to bad people taking those positions or, or, or succeeding in those positions. You know, if, if I've I've heard it said uh, when it comes to you know like a surgery, you know, if you're if the best surgeon in the world was coming in to do your surgery, but he was a terrible guy, you know, would you? not want him to do the surgery? Well, no, probably not. You're probably going to take the expertise of his surgery. And I'm not comparing Trump to a surgeon, nor is he an expert expert in his field. But I do think there are... Um, correlations. Correlations and, and bigger bigger picture stuff that, that uh, you know, being a bad person doesn't necessarily disqualify you. And, uh, and, and I would, for the most part, agree. I would, um, when it comes to Trump, I would say, 
yeah, you shouldn't not vote for somebody because they're a bad person. However, I will say that those bad characteristics lead to, in my opinion, bad leadership. Um, working in a corporation, if we had somebody who was like Trump, it would lead to a lot of really bad communication. Uh, I think we, you know, you've seen it all throughout history is that uh, authoritarian leaders do not have the greatest organization and efficiency. I think it's sure, just. But, but if you're comparing Trump to an authoritarian, I'm going to push back on you there a little bit. Um, I, I am not necessarily doing that in that case. Um, uh, I, yeah, no, I wouldn't say. He, I think we can always say you could be, you could become an authoritarian, but um, that is, you know, it's always, you, you'd say it's a slippery slope and I'd say it's a, it's a fine slope, but um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it necessarily does. And, and on a side note, I think there, there are a few people, and this is actually kind of speaking to my point previous, there, there are a few people that hold that office that, you could truly say are good people. I mean, the, the case could be made that anyone that holds that office is or has been, quote unquote, a bad person, depending obviously on the way you look at it. Some certainly are less abrasive and uh, more agreeable uh, and give a, give a persona. Uh, but I don't know that you could necessarily say that every single person to hold the presidency has, uh, has been, been, you know, the most outstanding, you know, been the most upstanding person uh while in office no i i i you're you're totally right no one's been a perfect person yet as far as i know who's been a president um and and so then that that goes into the next question do you think somebody is it a silver bullet that biden is slower mentally no i mean it it does concern me a little bit more uh because i mean there are certain requirements and in, in a, in a rigor to the to the position that that uh i mean you you see presidents come out of that position uh <laughs> and they look like they've aged i mean every president in my lifetime that has been done with the presidency from when they went into when they came out looks like physically beaten down and just like older like it's yeah. it's an exhausting job yep um so so a slower mental uh acuity uh, than what he was before certainly is concerning, but no, I mean, it's not disqualifying. The presidency is, is so much more than just one person. It's the people they surround themselves with, uh, which, exactly. we, could get in, which yeah. we could get into, uh, yeah. you know, if, if we need to, but, but it's certainly not a disqualification. And, and I think Biden has proved himself, uh, to at least be able to, um, you know, withhold himself in, uh, a debate talking conversation talking conversation sure he'll yeah. be able to speak to world leaders and not say something absolutely awful he might also do he might also say something absolutely awful that's embarrassing but the, i mean i really, think i think it's more embarrassing i think it's more embarrassing than awful right exactly. i mean i think i think most of most of uh biden's gaffes and and misspeaks are more just embarrassing than actually like Oh my gosh, you said what? You know, like <laughs> he's not he's not gonna get a policy wrong. He's not gonna sign something into law that he shouldn't have accidentally signed. No. For the no, for ninety-seven percent of his job, he's going to do the right thing. Uh there there could be a time when he's talking to a foreign leader when he says something embarrassing. That that yeah. that can absolutely happen. Um, okay. 
Um, so then- however, however, if if the trend continued, because because I think it's been pretty drastic since he since we last saw him, you know, in 2016, uh, or not 2016. I guess it was 2016 uh, to now. I think that you know, if the trend continues uh, to where he starts continually forgetting where he's at, the you know the people he's talking to, who he's running against, what office he's running for. You know, those are those currently can be written off as embarrassing gaffes. But if that trend continued, uh, you know, much, much beyond that, then then I would be concerned. But still, not still not a reason to write him off. I I would I mean I would probably disagree if you can't remember which uh, uh, thing he's running for. I I would definitely think that's writing off uh, thing. But I do not believe he is. Um, close to that within this four-year term if if he ran again i would have really hard i would have a hard time considering him for a second term i i mean but, sure, but that's, has, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens on this campaign no I, I agree that like the second term is, is is a completely different question for biden yeah uh, and he said so himself i think yeah uh but but i mean he has on several occasions i can think of two specifically uh, you know, said that he's running for the for the you know he's a proud Democrat running for the Senate. Uh, oh, oh, uh, yeah, that's not forgetting so, uh, though. That's 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 misspeak. Misspeak. I, I understand. I, I, under, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but if that my point is, if that continues down that road to where it's more than just misspeak yeah. and oh, yeah, a, a, a pattern, then then I become concerned. But at the moment, it's not. I mean, it's nothing. Fair enough. Um, okay, and so now I wanted to talk to you. So I talk a lot to um, to people who don't talk to Trump people a lot, and I want you to tell me why you were excited about Trump in 2016. I think there's I think there's a lot there that I think is very reasonable to support. So I want to hear from you. What were you excited in 2016? Or were you? Uh, well, no, I, I certainly was. Uh, I've, I've been um, on the Trump wagon, so to speak, uh, since about when it was down to Rubio, Cruz, and, and, uh, and Trump. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I kind of firmly you know, said, this is my guy. Uh, why I was excited, first off, I didn't think he had a chance of winning. No, <laughs> nobody thought he had a chance of winning. So the excitement was a little bit tapered. Uh-huh. Uh, because there, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't really like a realistic possibility. Hey, he uh, was and, the American story, the underdog. <laughs> well, sure. Which, I mean, honestly, part of, part of my whole life's premise is always cheering for the underdog. Uh, <laughs> so, so there is a certain amount of that. Not that I'm going to vote on an, election, on an election based on who the underdog is. Uh, but, but that certainly makes it more exciting. I voted for him in 2016 because I felt... Like he was different than the normal politi- the normal political speak that we that we so often hear, uh, and I I like Ted Cruz and Rubio and those guys quite a bit, um, but they are definitely politicians. The way they speak, the way they hold themselves, the the platforms they run on, it, it's also squishy and say what I think people want to hear, uh, and say just kind of the poli- you know the political speak. And, and Trump wasn't that. So that alone certainly made me excited uh, that he was, he was willing to say things that weren't conventional and, and that still rubs people the wrong way, but he, uh, he and, calls and, it the and, way he sees it right away. And let me, let me clarify for you. Um, what do you think politician 
what does politician mean to you? Because to some people that might mean they're qualified. They know what they're talking about. What does politician mean to you? So in, the, in that context, politician simply means somebody who is running for office or is currently in office. Uh, doesn't speak to their qualifications one way or another. Uh, simply somebody who is trying to get elected or has been elected. And I think more often than not, those people talk what they think people want them to say. And they may agree with it, and that may be their platform, but I think they overthink themselves sometimes trying to appease themselves to as broad a base as they possibly can. So uh, let me, so like, would you say that means they would say something that is popular, but not necessarily what we all know we need? Uh, yes. And I can give you a specific with, well, uh, let, let me give you a, a specific on Trump and see if this clarifies it at all. Republicans, since basically Israel was a state, the state of Israel, right? Uh, country, not, you know, not the United States, state of Israel. Uh, Republicans have said that they're going to move the embassy to Jerusalem, right? That's just a talking point that Republicans have always had. And to, to a degree, Democrats have as well um, until recently. Uh, but they've always said that. That's something that you're just expected to say uh, to show that you're on the right side of, uh, of, of that point, right? Uh, so when Trump came out and said, you know, I'm going to move the, the embassy to Jerusalem, and I'm not speaking to whether you agree or disagree with that move specifically. I happen to agree with it. But <laughs> he actually did it. You know, so he, he, he didn't just say the words because he thought that that was what you're supposed to say, at least in my estimation. The fact that he actually did it shows me that he actually meant, if I'm going to say it, I'm going to mean it. And he did it. So th those are the kind of examples that, that become just political speak to me that I think he, I mean, in the time, obviously, it was political speak because he was just saying that he was going to do it. Uh, but I think that he, more than most politicians, uh, cuts through some of that uh, BSery, if you will. He says stuff that he... Um, uh, that he means, uh, and and I I don't necessarily always um, I don't necessarily agree that he does that all the time. I do think that he is a politician a lot. I think, um, but we can get into that. I think I think in from 2016 he has changed dramatically to 2020. Um, but I I, I want to go back to 2016 and say. Um, that you uh, you liked him because he was an outsider. That he said what he, he was willing to say things that weren't popular. Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a, a a very appropriate way of characterizing it. Uh, the outsider aspect was a huge deal for me. Um, I mean, and let's be honest. If we're talking 2016, you can't you can't look past. The Hillary. disaster that would have been Hillary. I mean, that, for me, from, from, from a Trump perspective, the disaster that would have been Hillary. Uh, you know, you want to talk about, you know, bad one of, people. <laughs> That's, one of the most disliked people in terms of politics. She was largely the reason for Trump. As, as much as Trump is an outsider, Hillary Clinton was the insider of insiders. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, there, there couldn't have been a more polarizing 
um, election. I, I absolutely. Uh, I can see. Um, I think everyone knows that Hillary wasn't their first choice. There were some people who were, and they were very excited about her, and they were excited for for good reasons. You know, she was really qualified. She knew what she was talking about. But for a lot of other Americans who weren't happy with some of the ways that America had been going. Uh, she was the face of something that they didn't like because they wanted America to go in a different direction than it had been. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, well, we don't, we didn't need it. We don't need to get into Hillary there. She was, <laughs> <laughs> like, like I said, if you want to talk about bad people, there's someone that will put on a good face and be extremely She's the politicians of the politicians. Yes, yeah, she is. She'll she smile is. and then cut you down on the backside. Yeah, ask, ask Bernie Sanders supporters yeah, about exactly. that. Exactly. Well, yeah. and, and honestly, I mean, the fact that she was the fact that she was uh, basically anointed to be, you know, it was her time, right? It was her time. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a large part part of me that that bothered me about that because I get the glass ceiling. I get that we want women to be in positions of power. And I think they should be. I think uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, in her quote about anywhere where there's decisions being made, women should be involved. I think that's that's a paraphrase. I don't know if that's uh, directly quoting, but that sentiment I, I completely agree with. I just don't think Hillary was that one. And because she was there, largely because it seemed to be her time, uh, was you know it it doomed her ultimately. I think there. I, I think there were a lot of. Um, I, I, I criticize Hillary a little bit in the campaign that she ran. Um, I, I don't think it was mostly very inspiring. I think she ran against Trump and Trump ran against her. And it turned out that she was more unpopular than he was, which yeah, whether or not I disagree with that, it, it, it is what happened. And, um, it, yeah, anyway. I, I will say that I was sad about that, but you probably were not. Right? Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and so that's what I wanted to talk about a little bit was 2016. In my point of view, I can understand from a Trump supporter, I can say, okay, what if you boil down his campaign to four aspects, I would say it would be treat American workers better. Uh, he said, "Jobs, jobs, jobs." That I, you know, you don't really need to say anything else when with American politics. Uh, it's it's about the economy, dummy. And he did that better than she did, um, at least from what I saw. Um, I can I can understand to wanting uh, the American economy to work for the working class. Um, that's that's something that I would agree with. Um, if I would say the other thing was, he said, drain the swamp. And I, I don't think there was a better candidate to run against while saying drain the swamp than <laughs> Hillary Clinton. Yeah. You know, 100% she, right there. She, she probably had her cabinet picked out 12 years earlier and she, uh, you know, it was, it was her time that, you know, uh, well, and, and I mean, let's, the way I see it too, she, she planned this I, from from Bill and, and Monica Lewinsky, right? I mean, th there was a lot of things that she chose to just simply ignore with Bill's character. For that was before my time. That was before my time. And it was before so. mine as well. It was before mine as well. <laughs> but, but 
looking back, there are things, I mean, you don't choose to stay with a guy like that necessarily because you think he's a redeemed man or he's changed or he's different. Like, I, I think there is a lot of planning from even way back then that she just simply decided this is my path to uh, climbing, climbing the political influential ladder in my I, estimation. I will keep that in your estimations. I, I'm not going to... Oh, fine. And that's neither here nor there, but yeah, that's, that's uh, a sidebar. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a side one right there. Um, uh, so th the third point of thing that I wanted to say was uh, build the wall. That was one of the other things. And I think, you know, I think a lot of people realize that we have a problem with our southern border is there is um, and, and, you know, Donald Trump, in some ways, isn't wrong that we need to focus on it. I, I don't know if I, I don't agree with his uh, approach to it. But um, focusing on the southern border, there are there is a asylum-seeking um, uh, catastrophe going on right now. People are going away from countries like Honduras, uh, fleeing from unsafe societies and trying to get somewhere safe. And um, it's causing a crisis at the border. There is one. Um, and I, so I think he pointed out another good, uh, another thing that needed to be addressed. And then the fourth thing I say is, um, he said, let's pay attention to China. We need to stop playing around with these other countries. China is a really big deal. And I think once again, that is absolutely correct. I would disagree once again on how he went about it, but I think he addressed four things in our country that politicians at the time were not addressing and on i both think sides, on both sides of the aisle exactly yeah, yeah. no I, I i think he he said it more than republic i mean oh sorry don't get me started republicans wouldn't do that republicans hate talking about things that matter sorry um, <laughs> i'll allow <laughs> and and to the to the same point uh democrats would Democrats and Republicans will always want to talk about your social issues. They'll they'll talk about all those things and then they'll ignore the economy and because they're getting all their money from uh donors. So wh why would they ever talk about economy? They want to stick to the social issues and don't do anything about them. Um well they will pay they will pay lip service to the economy because like you said it's about the economy, stupid. I mean, they, every four yeah. years or two years, they they will pay lip service to the economy, but our GDP right. has increased three yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. well, to your point, what what Trump did was address the American worker specifically beyond just our economy needs to be better or we need to, you know, he he, had, he addressed the American worker specifically um, in his in his campaign. He did. I thought I thought it was one of the best things he did. I was I didn't vote for him, but I was semi hopeful in 2016 that he would be a good thing for American politics. All right. Now, we've been That's really not, nice. I would for, not have I would not have thought I heard that come out of your mouth, but I just did. No, I really did. I I I I saw everything he was saying and I thought, "You know what? Like it's true." 
I I don't necessarily think he's the guy who will actually get us to solving these problems. Um, I, I didn't think there was somebody in politics at the time who did actually know how to do it. I didn't know how to do it at the time either. But um, I didn't Wait, think he was the guy. That? What's that? You know now? I, I I do now. I think I think most people <laughs> who know me. <laughs> oh oh, I haven't figured it all out. But I do think that there is a guy who knows a lot more than me who I would trust in that situation. <laughs> I think I think most people know I'm a I'm a Andrew Yang uh, uh, follower. Fanatic. Yeah, fanatic. That's the right word for it. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway let's let's it, it's been fun this has been fun we've we've talked about all these nice things let's go into disagreement oh yeah all right we have had some disagreement in some of these yeah yeah that's true um so how have you interpreted the trump presidency how have i interpreted the trump presidency i think largely Positive shocker. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be voting for him again, it, legitimately, if if I didn't feel like um, the platform that he ran on in 2016, he didn't try to effectuate it. I I would argue to the best of his ability, um, and I happen to like most of what he's done with in the four years. Uh, and I can and I can point to specifics too. I don't I don't know if now is the specific time to get on uh, Trump's accomplishments, uh, but but I, I think he's largely done well. Okay, so let me tell you how I feel, and you can respond to it. I feel like Trump got into office, and I was semi hopeful. Okay, I was like, hey. This guy's an outsider. What we re- need right now in Washington is a shakeup. We need to focus on uh, different things than things that have been happening in the past. And he got in, and in my opinion, I don't. I think you could switch Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell if you put Mitch McConnell in the presidency. I think he would have the same accomplishments as Donald Trump. I think for a large, it, it's been regular old conservatism. It's been, you wouldn't be surprised if Mitt Romney was the, uh, besides, besides the outrageous comments that get everyone to, uh, into a tizzy and um, really make it feel unsafe for a lot of people. Besides that, you could replace his presidency with a regular conservative and it would probably be extremely similar. Uh, no, I, I disagree there. And the main reason why is because a regular conservative like Mitch McConnell um, or say it would have been Ted Cruz or, or Rick Rubio or Ricardo, Ricky Rubio uh, would have bent over at the face of adversity. Uh, one, one of the things that I find most remarkable about Trump is his relentlessness to keep doing what he does despite a full frontal assault from early on his own Republican Party, uh, you know, the, the uh, Paul Ryans and the John McCain's of, you know, Mitt Romney's, I realized Romney wasn't a, a senator at the time, but, but that, you know, from his own party 
uh, obviously from the Democrats, uh, a huge part from the media, and then from his own from his own uh, um, national security, uh, you know, FBI, CIA, uh, you know, and we don't we certainly don't need to get into Russia Gate and and that whole. We can, but, but let's let's stop there real quick. He ran against the Republican Party in his presidential campaign. Why would this be a surprise that he would face adversity from his own party because he ran specifically against them? I, I think the Republican Party early on was concerned that Russiagate was going to sink Trump because it, it works it works so often in in politics that you can and this is this is largely part of the surprise, you know, right? Because they, they thought everyone thought he was sunk after the uh, the NBC getting off the bus, grab women by the you know what comments. Yeah. You know that. So the fact that that didn't sink was, for starters, just shocking. Uh, but I think it speaks to, to to the complete intolerance from the American people of just typical uh, political attacks. Um, I would I would say though too, it's not as much about that. It's it's the 24-hour news cycle, too, as much as it is the other things that it just – you're not surprised at anything anymore. You're just, no, oh, the, the what's the new thing? The shock uh, aspect of it um, Everything's shocking. It wears off quicker, too, right? Yeah, yeah. If everything's shocking, nothing is anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I don't think a Mitch McConnell-type Republican – would have been as relentless in his pursuit of uh, the, the policies that he pursued under the face of as much adver- as adversity as Trump has faced. Uh, so, so I don't. I, I'm going to disagree that a Mitch McConnell Republican would have largely looked the same once in office. All right. So I'm looking at what he accomplished, and maybe you, you can tell me something else but like to me the main accomplishments for him is the tax cut okay yeah um, I'll give you that. uh the three conservative justices to the supreme court as well as the 300 appellate court that uh, yes. Yes, yes yeah yeah and um i'm really running that would have been here. That that really is Mitch McConnell, so I'll, I'll concede that one. That would have happened regardless of, of presidency. I, I'd say both of those things are are Mitch McConnell esque. Uh, yes, I will. Yes, yeah. tax cut, ta- 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 less ta- regulation. Yeah. That's that's Republican one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, and then I'm I'm really running out of things he accomplished after that. <laughs> Showing your true colors already, huh? Uh, I mean, like uh, what? Thirty percent of the wall, fifty percent. Uh, that that's different. I will say that's different than what McConnell what would have done. What what are you saying? I missed that point. Uh, building fifty percent of the wall, or oh, however yeah. much is up. That's that's the, that. That's and, not. And largely, that issue is kind of faded to the background, kind of to my surprise, uh, yeah. because I think that was a huge part of his platform. Yeah. That he that he has. I mean, he's fought tooth and nail to work on that, but I couldn't even tell you how much of that is completed. I mean, yeah. it's something like three miles, or I, I'm not sure. It's something like that. Uh, but it, it's a it's a zero factor in this campaign for sure, uh, which is which is pretty surprising. I mean, he'll bring yeah. it up from from time to time, but um, so there is there is an accomplishment that there. And if you look at the migration numbers as far as illegal immigrants crossing the border, those are certainly down uh, significantly. Uh, whether you would agree with that or not, but the, the illegal migration is down. 
Uh, policies uh, or uh, accomplishments, other accomplishments beyond tax cuts and... Oh, I, uh, I'm sorry. I would have said to the uh, Middle East um, uh, peace deals with a couple of countries. I'm sorry. I will say that that is... I should not um, ignore those. I, I apologize. That is... Sure. I would have, I would have gone, there, gone there next, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, because that is, that is certainly significant, significant. Look, he's the first president since Jimmy Carter... I believe to not have started any war in his presidency. Uh, in fact, he's he's pulled back from most wars. Uh, highly criticized in most. Uh, you gave me an oof, and I'm confused why. Go ahead. Iran, just Iran did not seem to be pulling back. Pulling out of Iran? No, no, no. Uh, he, you know, he. The killing, the killing of Soleimani and yeah. the other the other uh, general dude. Yeah, that that was a certainly targeted strike, but it's not it's not openly it's not open warfare. If if Iran killed our top general on uh, neutral soil, would we consider that open warfare? We would certainly act on it. Yes, but we would certainly have the ability to act on it. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that, I think we will not know the reaction to that event for another 10 to 15 years, because I think that is, that will be ingrained upon the, uh, Iranian people for a long time. And there will be a lot you think of, there's a, you think there's a, an ember, so to speak, started that, yes. uh, that, will, that will flame up in, in several, in 15, however many years it takes. Certainly. But I, but I think when you say the Iranian people, uh, the Iranian people are not entirely positive with their Iranian government. I mean, I mean, the American people aren't positive with our government. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But the difference is we can protest and not get killed on the street. About it. <laughs> I understand. I understand what I'm saying. And the of Black Lives Matter and the shooting in Philadelphia and George Floyd and all that. I understand that. We yeah. can protest on the streets and not get killed by the government because of our vocal opposition to the government. That's not the case yes. in Iran. Yes. Um, yes, I, I, will, I will say so. Um, but I, I will say we are, we are not further away from war with Iran than we were before Trump. Uh, no, but we certainly have more allies in the Middle East at the moment than we did four years ago. Yes, I, I specifically uh, against Iran. Um, I would say they were already leaning that way for a while, but um, that that gets into a whole foreign policy debate. Which, which, yeah, I I agree. But and they may have been leaning that way, but the fact that Trump brought them to the table and got them on board uh, is is certainly is a good thing. A hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, so we'll point to that. Okay. Uh, I will point to the renegotiation of NAFTA, so the new yep, good acronym or whatever uh, that is, MCA or whatever it is. Yes, which reminds me, um, TPP needs that it needs to be replaced. If they don't replace it, it will actually be worse than having TPP. Uh, yeah, yeah, that that needs work. Um, I think the moving on with Trump accomplishments. Uh, I think. And this is going to be controversial in your in your world, but I think the pulling out of the uh, Paris uh, Climate Accords 
was largely positive because they were largely, uh, in my estimation, a, uh, a social status or a, or a like chip on the badge. Like we pretend like we're doing something, uh, when in actuality, uh, the U S has lowered their carbon emissions more than the European countries still in the uh, Paris climate accords. I think, uh, you know, that gets, I wouldn't say that's an accomplishment of anything. Um, what would be an accomplishment is doing more to actually get those levels down. Um, and I think more than what he's done or more than what Europe's doing or what? Um, I mean, and here's the thing, uh, when it comes to, uh, carbon emissions, those are things that are affected. If they go down in one year over the next, it's usually from investments 10 to 15 years ago. Um, you know, it, it, you can't build a wind turbine farm in, uh, in six months. You know, these are these are things that have been sure, largely. But you can you can deregulate fracking, clean coal, uh, and natural gas, and allow those things to uh, make us energy neutral, which is another Trump accomplishment uh, that I think is is worth mentioning. Uh, and and those things. Now, I'm not an expert scientist, and the climate, the the whole climate. Uh, um, war so to speak right now that um what am i trying to think of whatever the climate war you get what i'm saying yeah uh, that that's not an area of expertise for me but okay. i do uh i do know or at least i understand that fracking natural gas and coal clean coal are very low emitters of um pollution not perfect they're not wind they're not solar clean uh, coal they, clean coal yes Okay, I'd have to look up clean coal because I know regular coal is really, really like the top worst. Is the top worst? There is there is clean coal, and it is it is being phased out, but it is still it is still. So I should I should I guess I shouldn't put that in the clean environment because it is it is probably still more hazardous than those other than the others. But clean coal, there is clean coal that is certainly significantly better than your traditional coal. just burning. <laughs> yeah. Trains in the 1920s that were shipping across the or buzzing across the country. Here's uh, so the thing. with climate, ahead. I don't think Trump's gonna get positive from really anyone who studies climate. Um, you know, because here's the thing: be beyond just getting America's emissions down, emissions uh, America's emissions are only 11 percent of the world's emissions, and we do need to rally the world and undertake some kind of leadership position in making it so that we have less emissions. Um, I agree. And, I agree. And, However, I do find, well, I'll let you finish that. Go ahead. And, and here's my thing. If you say the Paris climates weren't perfect, I would say, sure, you're right. But if you go with nothing and said, I would say the Paris, uh, Paris is better than nothing. Um, if he's going to come out with something that's going to be better, it's kind of like there's a lot of things with Trump that he has gotten rid of things that have not done a great job but have done a job, and um, he hasn't replaced them with something to do the job better. He's just gotten rid of it altogether, and that's one of my big concerns with him is that 
he very much, in my opinion, I see he sees something wrong and he says, let's get rid of it. And we end up throwing the baby out with the bathwater and we have nothing to fill the space in between. And we, um, for a couple of years now, we're pedaling with, uh, without a chain and, um, hopeful i mean you know in in the hopeful we can actually get something better done but if we don't that's really scary to me uh sure i mean i think his certainly his instinct is to uh to simply abandon uh policies or agreements or whatever that that he uh doesn't agree with um which is why he pulled out of the uh trans-pacific right what, what, oh, yeah. I mean, the Trans-Pacific Agreement, right? He he pulled out of yeah. that without without having really any plan behind that. <laughs> yeah. um, but he, you know, with NAFTA, he did pull out of that and then renegotiate it and, and reestablish something there. So I think I think his record is mixed on that. But his instinct certainly is, let's cut it and figure it out later, right? I mean, like, uh, and and on on climate, we're not we're never going to come to an accord on this. Uh, the the science. I don't care what you say. The science is mixed as to the cause and the cost effectiveness of viable um, solutions to it, uh, both in just basic financial and just human uh, quality of life conditions. Uh, You know, I think if you're talking about uh, solar wind and you're trying to make an entire energy economy off of electric and solar and nothing else i think you're right there's too many things that there's too many costs of solar and wind i think you really need to have nuclear in the mix and that's just you know perplexing that it's not right i mean i that is one thing about the climatologist that i do not and let me be clear because i'm a trump supporter so people are instantly going to say i deny climate (laughs) change right Uh i believe climate change happen is happening currently I think it's happened since the beginning of time. I think there's cycles over hundreds, thousands, uh, hundreds of thousands of years. I don't know where we're at in that specific cycle. Uh, it is certainly happening. My contention is to what percentage of it is caused by uh, Man. man-made emissions, right? So yeah. that's my contention. And I think that is the science that is still debated. Uh, it seems like a consensus seems to be on man-made emissions is significantly contributing, but there are plenty of scientists that uh, largely disagree with that with reasonable argument arguments behind it. And again, I'm not a science expert and I'm not going to get into it specifically because it, it's a fruitless discussion, right? I mean, it's, it's going... And here's, here's the one thing I'll say uh, beyond uh, that is just beyond the science i think it's just reasonable to assume that it, have you looked at a uh, picture of the of the uh, world population of humans from uh, 6000 bc to now um, it looks like this tiny little line at the very bottom and then in the last 100 years it just explodes up um and, and so I think there really is, if you look at human history, we have never seen this amount of activity um, uh, affecting the world. That's that's one thing I point to to say, hey, if you are going to be against some of the science, there's if you just look at the population of human existence, it is insane right now. And if it, that that's something I point to, that I think a lot of people can look at that and be like, "Whoa, that is concerning." 
the world might have some consequences because of this. I may, maybe I haven't seen that picture and I'll simply out of not knowing concede the point for the time being. Um, I, I mean, I don't disagree that the, the population obviously is, is huge right now. Um, and that's the nature of exponential, uh, population growth. Right. Uh, my modern medicine (laughs) and modern medicine certainly um i lost my train of thought there was there was a there was a point there uh to be had but it's gone now it's let's let's transition because i also i don't want to spend this one one quick one on on uh bringing the world into it sure and, and then we can move on i'm fine with that but there was a point i wanted to make earlier uh i completely agree that the world needs to be brought in and there needs to be a leader in the world uh, to address this as a global um, problem. My, 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 the difficulty in that for me is developed countries are where they are because they built their economies <laughs> using cheap energy. Cheap energy, right? Yep. And so to now demand that the rest of the world adjust and modernize to the point where we're at is is a pretty unfair um, burden to put on them uh, without a significant financial contribution to, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Like, put, enter, the, just, enter the Paris Climate Accords. <laughs> well, the Paris Climate Accords aren't aren't doing that. They may they may give lip service to it, but they're not doing that right now. That's fair. Um, anyway, let's, um, I, I get what you're saying. There's, there's a lot that needs to be talked about in climate, but I want to move on a little bit more and talk about, cause I think we've talked a lot about Trump and we haven't talked a lot about a Biden. Okay. And, um, I think, I think two things for me that, uh, make Biden a good choice for me are not what people typically think um for me uh well one of them is is covid response i think biden will have a better uh response for covid um in the case of uh i think there is a significant chance that the vaccine is not at a um effectiveness level where we can ignore covid i i think that if we have to, we may have to have a track and trace method instigated. And um, I think Biden actually has a plan for that. Whereas Trump has uh, a lot pushed things onto states to uh, administer that. And I, I think that Biden would do a better job in this case. And look, that's a backup case. If everything goes well and the um, and the uh, vaccine is at a reasonable rate or uh, success rate, and people actually take it, that's another thing to throw into the mix. Um, we that that could be not even a factor at all, and and I would be very happy for that. Very happy. Um, Since uh, this is a bit of a facetious point. Uh, but since Kamala and Biden and uh, Cuomo have come out and said that they wouldn't trust a vaccine put out by Trump, as if Trump's the one, you know, in a laboratory mixing up the vaccine, uh, would you would you take a vaccine? It's, it, this is this is just a curious question for me. I, I would take it, and I'm not one that is in favor of taking flu shots because I think they're largely guesswork uh, and 
obviously the flu to me is not going to kill me uh selfishly you can you can call me selfish all you want but would, but would, would you take a, a vaccine if it was approved by fda uh, cdc etc yeah i think i think that's remember when we were talking about politics that's them playing a political point like haha sure because because trump's never gonna say hey guys i approve this uh what what is it called a uh, vaccine and nobody else has approved it you should take it like that that's never gonna happen sure, but then why 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 is it a strategy of theirs because it's funny. It's, it's funny it's funny when you're dealing with people that <laughs> won't take the vaccine because kamala harris and, and cuomo are saying that they don't think it should be coming from trump i mean that's not I, really I, funny it's dealing with people's lives I don't think that there's I personally I don't think there's too many people out there who's like oh yeah uh cuz cuz I think the situation is absurd of them. They they made an absurd situation. Um if if what Kamala said happened, I would actually say, yeah, I wouldn't take a vaccine if just Trump said to take a vaccine. If if everyone else says to, yeah, because they actually have uh um expertise in that if joe biden same thing if joe biden said uh take this vaccine and nobody else did i wouldn't take it because that's stupid um so i i think that that is a dangerous game to play it's a it's a dangerous game and it's it's a devious game to play too right i mean because i think you and i both agree that if a vaccine and when a vaccine comes out it's going to be approved by the people that it needs to be approved by as as maximal effective with minimal uh, risk, right? I mean, that's the that's the hope for every single vaccine um, out there, and no vaccine is is perfect, right? Um, so I, I, I think any vaccine that comes out is going to have those stipulations, and it's going to be appropriately tested and um, approved through the right proper legal expert channels right? yeah no if you're saying like hey when she said that that was stupid i'm 100 percent with you if you're gonna say that was dangerous i'm going to say okay it yes and no like i think you're building it up a little too much to say it's dangerous that she said it because i think most of all of us know like that's not a realistic scenario like we're well, we're going to have FDA well, people come out and say this is okay to take. We and and I really support that we have those people come out and say those things because it's important for people to hear that. So yeah, I mean it was it was a stupid comment for both of them to make. Uh dangerous, maybe not dangerous. Certainly um it's it's political and I don't like it. It's political it could potentially have effect on what two percent of the population you know that says I'd, I'd say know, that's high like it's it's kind of like what we do the population two percent is, is high but but enough of a percent of the population that it could affect people from not getting it right away i mean if they're going to say it then how many how many anti-trumpers are going to go out there and say i'm simply not going to take it uh just to stick it to him i, I don't i would like to think that that's not necessarily the case but that's what i hear when kamala and cuomo say things like that and I think there's a percentage of the population, maybe low, that that would have a similar sentiment. 
I think you can say something similar about the time Trump said something about putting bleach in his inside the body. Um, you know that Which you is, know it's, it's Joe Biden's it's, only talking point. <laughs> it, it, it's it's dangerous. Is it really like oh my gosh, Trump said the stupidest thing? Yes, it is. It is a really stupid thing to say, at least to the public. If you want to say, hey, scientist, is there a way to do this? That's fine. If you want to say it in front of a press conference in front of the American people, it's it's stupid. And then if you want to say it's dangerous, I'll say yes, but I think you're making too much out of it if you say it's like if it's a huge deal. Oh my goodness! Okay. I think it's a fine comparison. Yeah, we can we can move on. I, I, okay. I, I think not not to not to uh, be light about that, but your your point is well taken. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and the last one that I wanted to say was the economy. Um, I actually think Joe Biden has a pretty decent economic plan. I, I am not, you know, we probably disagree a lot on what good economic plans look like in general. Um, sure. My, my, I mean, I can give you a, a two point bullet is uh, on it is deregulate and minimize taxing, right? Uh, to me, and- that. That's that. That is minimizing it to a very reductive argument. But those, those to me are the are the two keys to uh, promoting economic. Uh, and I want to disagree with that, and and just say one thing real quick. I was listening to a conservative talk host who said, "Hey, to all you libertarian thinkers out there, um, you can just as easily uh, be get your rights taken away." not from the government, but from private enterprise. We need a strong government to be able to um, to make sure that those companies aren't taking away your rights. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, uh, which one am I forgetting? Google. Uh, Google. Yeah. They're all, they're all so huge that it is getting insane. It is. Absolutely. And, uh, and Amazon, and I, especially in terms of in terms of economy, is that they're they tout themselves, especially Amazon, as a job creator. But what they're really doing is putting out all of the retail sales oh, nobody, across nobody America. Has, nobody has better been served with the coronavirus uh, pandemic than Amazon. No one. Yeah, and no. they're taking full advantage of it, and it's quite quite honestly egregious. Um, not, I mean, I don't necessarily blame Amazon, Amazon specifically because I mean they're just taking advantage of a market that exists. Exactly. Um, you know, if if business small businesses physically can't open, then you know what? <laughs> I don't see how that's necessarily Amazon's fault. Not to say Amazon isn't fully taking advantage; they are. But uh, to your to your point on uh, government to protect us from big businesses, I'm I'm not a libertarian. Uh, I, I believe there is a role for government um, specifically in, in those scenarios. So I, w- I would agree with you there. Um, but I think largely uh, we get too clever for half with, with a lot of our regulations and policies. Oh, um, I, I will 100% agree with you. I, when, I say, when I say deregulate, those are the kind of, pol- you know, those kind of like, oh, well, we're just going to, you know, this, this happened in, you know, 0.5% of this industry. And now we're going to change the whole industry with laws because this minor thing happened. 
instead of addressing that minor thing specifically, you know, they, they, they blow it up and get way too clever with, with we're going to tell you exactly how you should do your things. Yeah. And if you don't do it within a half inch, we're going to penalize you up the yin yang. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I, so, so I, I think we're probably more similar on that than, than you would think. Cause I'm certainly not liber libertarian in the, you know, everyone has, can do whatever they want and uh, tough cookies if you don't like it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so go ahead. Your, your point was more specifically about uh, how you think. Um, Joe Biden economy. Yeah. Um, I think, I think he's going to come in. I do think that um, the richest part of our society is, um, is not paying their fair share. And that's insane to say because if you look at it, they're paying like uh they're like ten percent of the uh of the population paying sixty to seventy percent of our taxes. But the reality in 2020 is that these people are so I and and this is the thing I like about Joe Biden is his taxes are trying to not get the people who are your doctors or your dentists. He's trying to get those people who are the business owners of three businesses who are making over $400,000. And the people over $400,000 aren't the people who are going to be hitting the shorts. It's the people who are making, uh, like Jeff Bezos making $75 billion from the coronavirus, almost, sure. almost doubling his wealth. Uh, in the coronavirus uh, period. That's, whew. yeah, don't get me started on Jeff Bezos. I, I've got a lot I, of. It, and, it, and it, the thing that makes me most mad about it is that I still use Amazon, right? Like, I know, right? <laughs> like it is still such an extremely convenient, oh, uh, so quality great. service. I hate that, it. <laughs> but, but so we still use, like we play into their game, like, but, but also because there's not at the moment, a ton of really realistic other options. Uh, but that's again a sidebar. That <laughs> no, I, I'd I'd love, and this is this is why I think, I, I as much as I, I I don't like. Sorry, I should say I'm not crazy about Joe Biden. I would love to see Andrew Yang get in because I would like to see a system where I don't feel guilty using Amazon. Where if I use Amazon, the uh, dollars I spend there go into helping actual Americans rather than uh, going into Jeff Bezos's pockets. Um, I'd 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 like to see a eventually a reworking of the system instead of towards GDP towards things that will actually help humans. I mean it. I think you're going to find it hard pressed to find people that are going to disagree with that sentiment, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so, so there's that. To to your point on Joe Biden's uh, tax uh, plans, if he repeals Trump ta Trump's tax cuts, I will pay more in taxes by a significant amount. I have I have four kids, and that uh -huh. that tax is significant to me. So, if he repeals Trump's tax cut i will be paying more by a lot and not to say that i can't afford that but it it will affect the way that i manage my finances and there's lots of americans in that same boat not because they have four kids but because they make you know 40 to or 30 to 
you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. I don't think I think you're right in that the largest impact will be uh, against the people that you're particularly talking about, the the gigantic people. But there yeah. will be an effect beyond just those people. I I struggle with Trump's tra- tax cut because um, I don't see I don't see a lot of people like you in general who are paying a significant amount more. I think most people got a tax cut, um, but it was a smaller amount uh, that wasn't incredibly noticeable. Um, But I am glad to hear that it did help you. I know, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so you're you're kind of uh, getting a little nitpicky there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, the fact that it was, that it wasn't as significant as me, you know, I, I, I will openly say that I, I am among the type of American that benefited most from his tax cut uh, because of my income bracket and because of uh, my marriage and family situation. Like I said, I have four kids. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, I, I will freely admit that I, I was most advantaged by his tax cut, but that's not to say that others weren't advantaged uh, by it. Um, and, t- you know, to say that just because they, you know, for, for someone who argues universal basic income as the end-all be-all uh, solution to our economy, you know, to say that a thousand, even if it's $1,000 uh, isn't significant or won't make a difference if it's, if it's repealed is, I find it curious uh, to argue both, both points. Totally fair. Um, I don't know if you're getting a thousand dollars a month, but um, oh, sorry, but, you're right. You're right. Not a thousand dollars a month. I mean, I'm talking the Trump tax cuts, thousand dollars annually. Uh, Yang's, he hasn't specifically said, uh, but whatever, whatever the floating magic number would be to promote um, promote work while providing. Uh, recreational spending is that i'm not sure if that's exactly basic basic access to the economic system um that's that's kind of how i put it um but yeah no you're totally right i will not say that having more money in people's hands is not a is a bad thing i'm not going to say that um uh, i will say that touting it as this huge accomplishment when some people are not getting that much money back and saying everybody got a tax cut is is not the same thing. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. But, I mean, you take a win when you get a win, right? I mean, some wins affect 90% of the population. Few, but some do. Uh, you know, some wins affect 15% of the population. Those are still wins. Uh, now you can you can argue that he's made a fifteen percent win into a ninety percent win, uh, and I won't I won't uh, make bones about it. But a win is still a win. I I I the other thing is where where does the money? Wh- who else lose or uh, is paying less money it, with the Trump tax cut? That 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 for me makes it into a I don't know if it's a win. And what government services are you cutting because of it? Um, if he finds a bunch of awful government services that need to be cut, uh, you know, it could be a win. But if he's cutting, like, uh, like there was talks of cutting the Special Olympics, and you know, it's not something that uh, that we need as a nation, but it is something that 
provides a really big benefit to a lot of uh, of Americans. Um, Certainly. And, and, and I'm so, not you know, it might that has been cut. There, there may have been talks, but not. And you could you can maybe speak to this uh, more than me because there's, there's one that you. might be kind of relevant. I think. Uh, I will. I will. The uh, pandemic team got cut, which he didn't specifically cut it. He just said to reduce your budget, and they uh, they chose to reduce the uh, worldwide pandemic uh, <laughs> budget really? right before uh, right before uh, just the team working on it with the CDC, I believe. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and and so you know, there's there's a lots of different things that turn wins into losses in other areas. And so to me, it was a loss, but I can see from your point of view, that is a win. I, I, I won't, I won't not acknowledge that. So anyway, okay. um, and, and, your, and your point, uh, you know, this is into the economic, almost nitty gritty, but your point to the, uh, you know, what, el who else got a tax cut and whether that's advantageous or not, is uh, is certainly something worth discussing. You know, I'm I'm assuming you're talking about um, corporations and businesses yeah. uh, that you know are no longer paying in. And the argument against it is is obviously well th that frees their their capital up to create more jobs uh, and higher wages, higher benefits, etc. And your counter, I think, would be uh, that's not what actually happens. Stocks buybacks. What's that? <laughs> Stock buybacks. Stock buyback. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, that I I have enjoyed this conversation and I think this is a good time to kind of wind down. Is there anything I want to give you the opportunity to say something that you would like to say? Uh, I mean, first off, I appreciate I've always appreciated since we kind of started uh, Facebook arguments. Uh, we, to give context here, uh, you and I have known each other by name and like person uh, since we were young. Uh, we've never really had any direct um, hangouts or spent a lot of time with each other outside of our families knowing each other, right? Mm -hmm. um, so when we started interacting uh, <laughs> on Facebook, uh, it was a breath of fresh air just in that uh, you, weren't you weren't belittling, you don't shout down. Uh, you listen to the other side. You're obviously informed, uh, and you can and you can uh, argue your point with the level head. Um, so both on Facebook and here, um, it's much appreciated because it's you know it's it's significantly lacking in the national rhetoric. I think it's probably more common on the local level, you know, like the this kind of uh, exchange. But certainly, the national rhetoric is exhausting. Um, so that's so that's obviously you know thanks for that. Thank you. Um, and then you know I, I I think to limit to limit Trump to three minor successes like you did early on <laughs> is is a bit is a bit tone deaf maybe I, I guess I would say I think there is more there and you can argue like you did. Uh, the extent to which those are successes, you know, with the ember started in Iran that could potentially, you know, heat up in 15 years and the significance of the tax cuts. Uh, but, but I do think that he set out on a platform that um, he has fought and tried uh, to accomplish, uh, whether he's done that effectively, whether he's done that, you know, to the best 
to the through the best means and the best ways possible. I mean, I'm I, I'm not going to argue that he has done it that way, but I do think he's he's fighting for what his platform is, and I genuinely believe that that's for the American people. Um, so I I think you know that's that's my pitch for Trump is that he he says it, he tries to accomplish it. If he doesn't accomplish it, he either moves on in the case of uh, healthcare, which is a whole different topic that needs to be addressed, uh, or, or continues to fight it uh, with something like the wall. You know, he, he kind of bent over backwards to try and figure out where, where to get that accomplished. So I think he is working. Um, and I think it's worth, worth, uh, worth a second term. All right. Um, in my closing argument, I will say thank you, uh, Bradley. I honestly agree with you wholeheartedly on the, uh, rhetoric around people like you and me who can't talk about these types of things. And I really want to see, one of my big goals is to see, I, I, I invited you on because I thought that we could uh, show how a dialogue between somebody who is voting for Biden and somebody who is voting for Trump can go without being awful. Um, and so I really want to thank you for coming on and doing the same of just being a person and not treating me badly. You treated me like an equal. You treated me like I had some idea of what I was talking about. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you do. <laughs> and then, um, in terms of Biden, um, I, uh, he's a good guy. Um, I, 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 I don't really want to make too much, uh, too much of an endorsement here. Um, I'll be voting for him. I will hope that he continues to be a, I, I, I personally think he seems like a very nice guy. Um, not something that you should necessarily vote just because he's a nice guy. But I think he has a good head on his shoulders of what, where the nation is. And um, he really understands where the average American is a lot more than past politicians do. And I really hope that for me, I hope that he'll remember that. I don't necessarily think he will. I'm not a Biden supporter by any means. Um, I am voting for him as much as I'm voting for him. I'm voting against Trump. And um, that, that's my spiel. Um, thank you, Bradley, for joining the podcast and, um, wish you well, man. Thanks. Hey, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Goodbye. Yep. Bye.